And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 283 of the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. My name is Tom Harris, and we're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. And the fact that you're getting a new show this week means, yes, it means that I'm not moving yet. Um, and I'm not sure now exactly when that's going to happen, but it is going to happen before the end of the month, hopefully, because it definitely has to happen the last week of the month at the latest. Yeah, it's the times like this that make me stressed out, and what better way to to uh, celebrate being stressed out than to do a show. So, so of course, we're going to be doing the show. Now, as you recall, we have shifted gears, and we are covering the uh, Thor Volume 2 again, so let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. Indeed, and this week we are looking at the mighty Thor number 28 also known as issue number 530 if you use the original numbering. Cover art is by, it looks like Eric Larson and Claus Johnson, shows the mighty Thor facing the wrecking crew, and uh, yeah, and the Warriors 3 are also here. We, of course, have Hogan, Volstagg, Fandral, and the uh, various members of the Wrecking Crew, as promised in the next issue, Burb, last time. It's a very dynamic cover. Again, really, really wonky foreshortening. Uh, we've got uh, some really strange things going on with Thor's arms, and we'll see more of that as we get into the book. Cover Burb says, Melee in Midgard, and I think you can tell from the cover what kind of issue this is going to be. And we open up to the splash page where we get a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, um, we're getting an homage here, and I, I actually have compared this really closely with the original. And this is an homage to the splash page of Thor number 143. And um, it shows Thor, and he is in a soda shop, and he is drinking... A, a frothy sort of soda, and we've got the soda jerk behind the counter, and he says, Good to see you again, Avenger. Haven't been around in ages. Alas, tis regrettable, for even a thunder god may enjoy thy bubbly refreshments. That's the Asgard special, you slurpin'. Put on the menu after your first visit here. And the uh, 80s-looking chick in the background, she's saying, Hmm, we don't see men like you in Milwaukee. And you give the title of the story, Wrecking Havoc. Dan Jurgens was the writer. Eric Larson and Claus Johnson are the artists. Gregory Wright is the colorist. Tom Brevoort is the editor. RC and Comic Crafts, Wes Abbott did the letters. And Bob Harris is the soda jerk. 
Um, yeah, so interesting little splash page here. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it kind of at the end. So uh, but just don't let me forget. All right, so then we move on and we see that... Uh, you know, in addition to other people in the soda shop that are kind of crowding around Thor for the most part, we actually have the Warriors 3 standing there and uh, Hogan is complaining. Would the choice have been Hogan's? A fine ale would fill this glass rather than this sugary concoction. And uh, Fandrel is hitting on a, um, hitting on a, uh, a pretty girl. You can tell she's pretty because she has a Barbie figure, basically. And um, Fandrel's like, Speaking of sugar, wouldst thou care to one day join Fandral for a tour of Asgard's finest saloons? And Volstagg is sitting in the front, and he is eating ice cream out of one of the big tubs that ice cream comes in, uh, using a uh, an ice cream scoop as a spoon. And he um, he's saying, I bid thee stay, my lady, though Asgard's splendors border on the infinite. Nothing there doth compare with the tasty delicacy known as ice cream. Mmm, rocky road. Thanks to your husky pal over there, the bill comes to $727, Thor. As I lack the coin of the realm, that may well present a problem, says Thor. Which is a big contrast from his first appearance at this uh, soda shop where uh, the guy gave him the soda for free. And one of the, uh, the locals is like, Hey, you can't expect an Avenger to pay. Just think where we'd be without them. Sorry, bud, but if he's a god like he says, he ought to smile on his mortal subjects and pay up. Aye, the debts of Thor ever paid in full, says Thor. And there's people kind of grabbing at his cape and stuff. And um, Hogan has had enough of this, and he reaches into his belt, and he says, Bah, let Hogan rectify this matter before the shopkeeper doth force us to wash dishes. And he puts four gold coins on the, the counter, and the the, the uh, soda shop guy is like, I is that gold enough to buy thyself many a mortal comfort, I'm sure. And the uh, Warriors 3 and Thor begin to, to leave. Volstagg is like, many thanks, my friend. One day valiant Volstagg shall repay thee in kind. Hogan says, thy debt is already too high to tabulate, voluminous one. Parting is indeed a sweet sorrow, but alas, I must join my comrades, says Fandral, as he's getting away from the slinky brunette. And we have a, a guy in the foreground is back to us. He's kind of colored purple, and he's bald. And we've seen him before, though I don't think we've seen him out of costume before. Um, and he's thinking to himself, Unbelievable! I come in here for a simple hot fudge sundae, and the only nuts I find sitting with is Thor and his pals. I better slip away before they figure out I'm the wrecker. The, uh, the Osgardians are leaving, and Thor says, Come, my friends, let us exalt in more of Midgard's visual delights. And we get a double-page spread here of Thor and the Warriors Three crossing the street. And it's a uh, kind of busy street shot here, kind of a seedy part of, of Manhattan, probably Times Square back when it was you know, still kind of seedy. And there's like strip joints and you know, there's uh, movie houses. And you get some, uh, some shout outs here to various comics creators. Sign says Kirby, uh, the sign says JRJR, Simonson for Congress, Big Bang, um, Something Bergs. Um, there's, a, there's a, some sort of cartoon dog showing up and signed for something called Boom Pow Tacos. 
sign advertising Slappy the Lobster Boy. Uh, there's uh, you know some taxis and yeah, just kind of people on the street. We see the guy in the uh, trench coat. He's the guy from the uh, the ice cream parlor, and he's kind of following them out. And we have an obvious prostitute, and she's staring straight at Thor's crotch, and and she's saying, uh, "Care to have your helmet polished, Mister?" And um, in the meantime, the Warriors Three are talking as they do. I pray thee lead on, Odinson, for Volstagg's appetite is not yet sated. Dare we sample the delicacy of yon eatery with the golden arches? Thou art a digestive wonder on legs, Volstagg, says Fendril. Bah, tis an assault of dirt, filth, and annoying sounds, says Hogan. Have cheer, Hogan, says Thor. For the sights and sounds of this wondrous city called New York do inspire Thor. To see the accomplishments of these mortals is thrilling indeed. The wrecker is, is kind of trying to be unobtrusive here, and he's thinking, Sheesh, are them guys following me or what? Look ye far and wide, my friends, says Thor. Whilst gods of Asgard we be, yon mortals hath achieved feats which rival our own. Their cities pulse with a sense of life and energy that invigorates even the most stolid Asgardian. And we have another uh, uh, scene of Fandral hitting on a, uh, an Earth woman. He has a thing for redheads from the looks of it. And he's uh, like, Maiden fair, carest thou to escort a stranger about thy land? And um, she turns around and starts talking to Thor instead. And he's like, Oh, wow, Thor! I can't believe I'm actually talking to an Avenger! The pleasure is mine, Milady, says Thor. Speaking of pleasure, here's my card. Call me. Dinner's on me any time, anywhere. Mayhap another time, says Thor, and we hear a, a shout for the sacred specter of Odin. Thor and Hogan and Fandral kind of whirl about, and, and Hogan says, Thor, thou shouldst have warned us of this possibility. Aye, Hogan, tragedy hath befallen us all. If thou speakest of the carnage to come, Fandral, thou art right. For nary a sight doth compare with that of Volstagg ravaging what mortals call a hot dog cart. And yeah, so Volstagg has found a hot dog cart and he's kind of diving into it face first and just uh, chomping them right out of the cart. And there's a very um, a very obvious Hispanic stereotype. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's kind of standing there with his, uh, his hands like in a prayer. And he's like, he's like please stop. You'll wipe out my inventory. Volstagg is going chomp, chomp, chomp. Alas, tis already so, for thy resplendent compartment is now exhausted. A sad fact, for thy delicious frankfurters compare with the finest of delicacies in Odin's Hall of Feasts. And um, Hogan saves the day yet again. Forgive the voluminous one. His appetite doth rule his mind. But my stock... Gold. Enough to cover the cost, to be sure. And flips the guy a couple gold coins. There's a woman and a little blonde kid. And uh, the kid's going, Mama, look, it's Thor. He claims to be a god, but Father O'Toole says he isn't. And the woman's like, Chad. And Thor overhears it, and he's not offended. And he goes, Worry not, my lady, for thy son's words offend me not. Thou art called Chad? Yep. Chad, far away from here there exists a home of gods, a realm of eternal wonder called Asgard. It is a place of great majesty and beauty, whose residents strive to live just and beneficial lives. 
Tis not, however, heaven, nor is it home to he whose radiance dwarfs even our own. And uh, we're going to talk about that at the end. Does that put a rest to thy questions? You mean that as big as you are, there's something even bigger? Aye, says Thor. And uh, Thor turns away, and they go walking off, and uh, Fandral says, After all these years, still art thou plagued by the doubts of mortals. Tis no offense, Fandral. I ask not that they abide by my word or kneel before me. I ask only that they have faith, that the god of thunder shall heed their call whenever danger or misfortune threaten. And they're uh, kind of walking along here. And we shift scenes, and we are at the 49th Street Arms, Room to Let, uh, cheap motel, obviously, sort of, a, yeah, kind of a, a flop house kind of place. And we have a few guys who are hanging around their uh, hotel room in their supervillain costumes. And, of course, who is it but the Wrecking Crew? Because who else would it be? Well, I'm saying, Garthwaite's been gone too long and I don't like it. Relax, bulldozer. The Wrecker can take care of himself. Fool's gonna get us all sent up again for the sake of ice cream. Yeah, the Wrecker comes in he's like, Bite your tongue, dozier. I'm back. And you mooks ain't going to believe who I just seen. One might assume it was not Brittany Spears. Uh, does she belong to the circus of crime? Never mind. Who did you see? And this is the, the black guy speaking. I don't remember his name. Thunderball, that's it. Thunderball, you remember how we used to have supernatural Asgardian powers that made us stronger than we are now? I mean, we was really something till we lost them. Now we just absorb power from electricity or whatever else is around. You're gonna spill who you swore or not, says, uh, I think it's, his name is, uh, Bulldozer, I think. So I'm thinking, why can't we just use our absorbing power to steal some Asgardian energy? Huh, book us a flight to Asgard and we'll do exactly that. But that's what I'm trying to tell you, chumps. We don't gotta go nowhere. Right now, there are four of them as guardians waltzing through New York like they ain't got a care. I say we hit them and hit them hard. By the end of the day, we're going to be gods, and they're going to be worm food. And we have uh, the uh, the four of them, and they're they're celebrating, and they're going, Rawr! raising their hands up. And um, the, the uh, pile driver guy is like, Wrecker, you're the man. You said it, pile driver, says Bulldozer. And we uh, shift scenes again, and we are back in Svartalfheim. And remember the uh, the kind of monster dude, Yager film, who uh, who created the weapons for Odin and in return was given a, a gift? Well, we're returning to him. It's been a long time since we've seen him. And he's saying, There hath anyone done more for Yager film than Asgard's blustery ruler, Odin. This precious item's power, dearly coveted by every wizard across the nine worlds, is greater than ever thanks to Odin's infusion of energy. That he did so unwittingly to secure the cooperation of Jagerfilm makes this all the sweeter, for it shall soon be this very item, the cask of ancient winters, which delivers unto me the treasures and pleasures I have ever been denied even if it means the fall of Asgard. And so, uh, yeah, we get a page of him. 
And we shift scenes back to Asgard and to the royal throne room. And, of course, remember the last issue or the issue before, uh, Sif has become the ruler of Asgard. And uh, Balder approaches and he has an old man with him. And um, Sif says, uh, Advance, Balder. I recognize not the one who accompanies thee. Tis Girabor the humble milady. He begs an audience with thee. Twould be Odin I'd rather deliver my news to, for only he can sufficiently safeguard the eternal light of all Asgard. Then place thy faith in Odin's decision, for twas he who asked me to take his place upon the throne while he rejuvenates in the Odin's sleep. With that in mind I bid thee speak. When thou wert but a child, I lost my first eye in the Battle of Com, my second in the Blood-Tide Wars. I have long compensated for my lack of sight with other senses. Thy point, says Sif, that I sense evil, impending doom. And now to threaten Asgard itself, says Balder. Asgard and all the nine worlds. And we get a, a full page here of Sif, and she's got a truly Odin sort of hat, uh, the big old Loki horns on it, except it's silver instead of gold. And it's got kind of an American Indian sort of thunderbird symbol at the top. And it's got, uh, it is very much a, a Kirby Odin type hat, but it's on Sif. And she's got uh, this uh, orange and yellow Kirby crackle behind her. And again, her very long fingers, kind of in the, in the foreground. And um, she says, strike up the trumpets, call forth the chorus of our gathered armies. Listen, as the unified voice of Asgard be raised as one, let it be known far and wide from the darkest depths of the deepest caves to the sun-drenched peaks on the highest mountains. Should any think Asgard weakened because Sif doth rule from Odin's throne, they are mistaken. Let them attack the Golden Realm, and they'll find not merely a fight, but war. And we shift back to Earth, and looks like... Um, uh, Thor and company are now in a park. They uh, are going over some kind of bridge, and there's there's obviously some kind of river or lake or something underneath it. And uh, Volstagg is complaining. "'Twas nearly an hour ago when last I dined, friend Thor. Might ye guide us to another cart of Frankfurters?' "'I beg thy patience, Volstagg,' says Thor. "'Our tour of splendid New York is not yet over.' And he's, I guess he's trying to convince uh, Hogan that this is actually a good place to go. Mate. And um, they are confronted by the wrecking crew. And um, we have the wrecker here. And he says, don't be so sure, Goldie. By the bristling beard of Odin. The wrecking crew, says Thor. And Volstagg says, assume thy positions on the front line, my friends. And count on Volstagg to guard thy flank. And we have the um, the Mighty Marvel Bullpen Bulletins page, but we don't care about that, so we move on. And we have the battle beginning as the, uh, the pile driver, whatever his name is, uh, throws his ball and chain at uh, Thor, hits him right in the chest, and he says, Let's not waste our time with idle banter and threats. Attack! And Hogan says, Heimdall's eyes. These mortals dare attack the Odin son. "'Tis an unthinkable affront,' says Fandral. "'An effort of unparalleled audacity,' says Volstagg. "'You stuff shirts always was too impressed with yourself. "'They call me Pile Driver, and here's why. 
And the pile drivers socks Hogan right in the kisser, sends him flying. And the record takes his crowbar and he smacks Fandral upside the head with a bram. And he says, Surely he ain't forgot the wrecker. Twould seem the time hath come for Volstog to leap into the fray. And Volstog uh, comes and um, he gets uh, attacked by Thunderball. That's the bot guy with the ball and chain. It knocks him back with a uh, patoof. And the uh, pile driver's like, save your breath, tubby. And uh, so, and Thor is in the, the river and he's, he's getting up and he's holding the ball and chain in his hand. Thou art a fool to attack thus, Thunderball. Many are the times Thor hath vanquished thee in the past, and so shall the god of thunder do now. And he takes the uh, ball and chain, and he smacks Thunderball with it, sends him flying with a blackam. And the Wrecker is fighting Fandral still, and he's getting the better of Fandral, kind of attacking him with his crowbar. And he says, That's where you're wrong, Goldie. Ain't the attack that interests us so much as taking something from you. The reason for thine aggression matters little, says Hogan. All that matters is the battle's victor. Today as ever thou hast met thy better. Aye, Hogan, says Thor. Tis time I exact a heavy toll from these irritants. And he throws Thunderball into the air and uh, knocks him away with Mjolnir with a brakam, sends him flying. For the god of thunder is not to be trifled with. Wouldst thou care for an assist, Volstagg? And he, uh, he just smacks aside um, Thunderball into the pile driver where they swapped and knocks them both down. And Volstagg is saying, Thou didst beat me to the punch, Thor. I told you, you got something we want, hero boy, says the wrecker. And we ain't leaving without it. And he uh, does kind of a, um, a chokehold on Thor. Uh, with his crowbar, and we see the crowbar is uh, absorbing the some kind of energy, that kind of thing. And um, he's going to give us a little bit of uh, a backstory here while we're doing that. I was just a common thief till I got me the Asgardian enchantment, and I aim to get it back. And, of course, that refers back to uh, Thor number 148. And we have each of the uh, the wrecking crew has managed to uh, to subdue one of the Asgardians, at least temporarily, and we get the same kind of, of Kirby Crackle kind of glow going on as uh, each one of them uh, is draining power from, from them. And one guy is like, You heard the record, Chunky. Since we can absorb energy, we're going to absorb yours. Asgardian life force, says Thunderball. Enough to position us as truly fearsome foes once again. It's working, says, says uh, Pile Driver. I can feel it coming back. And um, Thor is trying to get away from the wrecker, and uh, there's more and more Kirby crackle, and uh, Thor says, Hella's kiss, thou art blights upon this mortal landscape. You think I give two shakes about your opinion of me, says the wrecker. The day I first got enchanticized was the greatest of my life. The day I lost it the worst. And we're, we're going, kind of going back and forth between the different people, and Thunderball is absorbing uh, Hogan's power. It's like, incredible. I'd almost forgotten the sensation of such power. Thou wouldst take from the god of thunder? I think not, says Thor, and he's, he's all gritty teeth and all that. And he does this sort of weird judo throw here, um, and he takes the, the record. He's kind of smashing him. It's full page, very dynamic uh, sort of art. Over the years, I have battled so many mortals that I hesitate to strike with all of my force for fear of killing them. T'was a mistake to fear so today. 
and a mistake all rectifying now. And he grabs the uh, the wrecker and he smashes them to the ground in front of him. And um, he says, "The son of Odin hath had enough. It is time for the battle to end. If it's power you crave, bulldozer, then a taste of Mjolnir's for it shall fell thee." And uh, he uh, takes his hammer, flings it at uh, the bulldozer. Uh, he knocks him with a batang, and um, get a close up here of. Uh, of the wrecker and his really crooked Kirby teeth. <laughs> it's like, we got what we want, boys. Let's saddle up and ride. And the four of them go running off. Um, Thor is not about to, to let them get away, so he starts to go after them, and he says, base cowards, none may flee the wrath of Thor. Uh, we have a, a voice from, from behind him. Cast thine attention elsewhere, Thor, for thou art needed here. What sayest thou? Thou would see these dogs free? Never, says Volstagg, but our concern is dictated by Hogan. He is still, says Fendrel. Not only does he not move, he appears not even to breathe. By the thousand threats of Ragnarok, says Thor, thou speakest true. It would appear that life hath departed Hogan's body. Could it be that death hath claimed him? Continued next month in Thor number 29, and that is the Mighty Thor number 28, a.k.a. Thor number 530. And, of course, we're going to have a few things to say about the issue, but we'll do so right after this message from one of our friends. The Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back, and of course we have a few things to say about the issue, though not too much. We kind of knew what kind of story this was going to be from the beginning. Kind of following in the steps of the Absorbing Man story, of course we're going to run through Thor's Earth-based rogues gallery, and it's been a while since we've seen the Wrecking Crew at this point, so here we go. Now the whole idea of them hanging out in a cheap hotel room in their costume is just too silly for words, because of course, what what else are they going to do? I mean, you would think that they'd be trying to lay low, you know, be in incognito, you know, not draw attention to themselves. And they're worried about the wrecker going out and getting ice cream when, you know, he's, he's not drawing any attention to himself, obviously. Um, but instead, they're decided to, to wear spandex and hang around in the cheap hotel room. Um, so that's just one of the few problems I have. I like the homage at the beginning of the issue. I think it's cute. And I actually kind of compared the two side by side to make sure that it wasn't a direct swipe. It was really interesting how 
the, uh, the, the Larson and Johnson version of this illustration, which, of course, like I said, was a, a copy of the splash page of Thor number 143, um, it actually wasn't an exact copy. They actually redrew it, and it, it is the same layout. It is highly reminiscent. The uh, the soda jerk is is an absolute steal from Kirby, but Thor himself really isn't. They did make a kind of an effort to make it look like it was inked by Vinnie Coletta, which is kind of odd because it wasn't Coletta that inked that issue. It was actually Bill Everett. So it was actually kind of interesting to see how Coletta might have handled the, that splash. But... Um, yeah, they they uh, they had a, a different different characters in in place of the of the background characters. There were more females. There were more people of color. It, it was a a better representation, perhaps, of New York City at the present day than the original was of of New York City in 1967. One interesting touch is that uh, one of the people at least seems to be the same person. The the guy in the background with the glasses. Uh, if you if you look at the original, um, he's actually I think it's the same guy, just older, and he's got a mustache and he's bald. But it, it seems to be the exact same person. Everybody else is completely different, so it, it is a, kind of a nice touch. Um, Art wise, it's it's okay. It's better than the last issue. Um, I, again, I like Eric Larson's stuff. He's probably at his best when he's not trying to be Jack Kirby, but. I would rather him try to be Jack Kirby than try to be, you know, Rob Liefeld, um, because we, we do actually do have a bit of extreme '90s type of of anatomy going on here. And I know that at this point Marvel was trying to get away from that, but we still have this uh, real problem with with Thor's arms and Thor's forearms being bigger than his waist and that kind of thing. And it's not just foreshortening, and it's it's like he's Popeye or something. It's just kind of a kind of annoying. But um, but by and large, I mean the art's fine. It does what it's supposed to do. Um, he does try, I think, to to hearken the Wrecking Crew back to their early appearances. But at the same time, he's not trying to ape Kirby. You do have the uh, the wrecker being consistent with the way Kirby drew him, though, with the kind of snaggly teeth. And so there's definitely that going for it. There's that kind of a continuity. I don't know why they thought that that was important, because I don't think by and large it really was. But I guess it's a nice touch. Um, Story-wise, this is nothing special. This is a knockdown, drag-out fight. That's really all it was intended to be. We have these guys now. They're, they've stolen Asgardian power. They're going to go on a rampage. Obviously, Thor and the Warriors 3, or maybe the Warriors 2, if Hogan is kaput, which we know he's not because he comes back later. Um, but uh, uh, you never know uh, what's going to go on. But, but obviously, Thor and the Warriors 3 are going to have to stop them. And we'll probably see that. And, and I can't see that story going on for more than one issue. But it, it is kind of a, you know, a fill-in kind of a story. It's not anything major. There's no major plot line going on here. Even our subplots seem to be largely forgotten here. This is just kind of, okay, let's just have some, some good old-fashioned superhero action, and that's the story. Interesting that we get a bonafide dirty joke in near the beginning of the issue. And I wonder what the, uh, the author was thinking. Did he think that nobody would notice that? The, the whole helmet polishing thing is, uh, I mean, I thought it just incredibly obvious. But I guess it's, it's interesting what people can get away with in comics nowadays. There's one last thing I did want to kind of gripe about, and that is the tendency here to preach a little bit. 
Now, I don't know what Dan Jurgens' religious beliefs are, but the kind of scene that we get here, like with, with little Chad and his mother, where they downplay the Asgardians' godhood and you know, give kind of a little nod and wink, oh, we all know who's the real god, you know, and it is strongly implied that, that the uh, monotheistic you know, Judeo-Christian god is the, uh, is the real one. It bothers me, not just as an atheist who doesn't believe that any of these gods actually exist. It's also not, it, it's, I guess it's cowardly storytelling. You've got this rich kind of palette of mythological gods that you can choose from. You've got the Egyptian gods, you've got the Greek gods, you've got the Norse gods, you've got, you know, the Hindu gods, you've got all these uh, different pantheons of gods that have appeared in Marvel Comics. So let's just establish the rule that, that you know, the gods, all the gods are, actually exist, they're actually real, and they're actually equal. Um, I think that that would be the, the right way to go. If you're going to have a universe where there are gods, then have a universe where they're all gods. You know, like, okay, well, yeah, they're all real. And that's kind of what they've done later, where, of course, you have Gore the God Butcher going around slaughtering them, too. But um, it just, you know, maybe they've gotten a little bit away from it now, but it just seems to me to be really, really cowardly and pandering in a way. And I think it's kind of insulting to people's intelligence. I mean, it's bad enough that we had you know, kind of a version of that in one of the Thor movies with Odin saying that, that you know, we're not gods. But yeah, it's a, it bothers me a little bit. And so I just, just thought I'd get that off my chest. All right. So with that, it is time to wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>